am so pumped. It, it, you may not be able to tell it from how pasty white I am, but I love summer. Like, summer is my gig. It is, I don't know what it is about summer, but since I was young, summer has been the time. Maybe it's because in America, in our agricultural early beginnings, that school time took out during the summer, you know, because that's not a have to. That's just something that happened because they need the kids at home to work on the farm. And so school just by tradition, has always just started in late, you know, summer, early fall when things are kind of wrapping up and it goes until, you know, planting time and summer's needing to help out in the hands in the field. And even though we don't have that kind of central piece to who we are as America, it's still, it's still part of us, right? The summer where school's out, there's a sense of freedom in the air. I don't know about you guys, but even going to work, there's just this relaxed feel because people tend to be more relaxed because maybe they've been out on the lake and they've been, maybe you're a boater and you I don't know, do you call them boaters? You're a, a laker? I don't know if you're a Murray Tiger, you can't be a laker. But I, I don't know, maybe you go out on your boat and you fish. And you spend some time just relaxing out on the, the lake or, the, or your pond or whatever. And you, you spend extra time doing that that just kind of fills you up. So when you come in Monday, you're more energized. I don't know what it is about summer, but there's something special about the way summer makes us feel. And we always have these plans for summer, don't we? Like those of you who are retired, you, you make plans to, to take trips all the time throughout the year, but there's something special about your summer trips because when you go visit the grandkids, the grandkids are free from school and you get to spend those extra hours doing things. I know my kids got picked up by the grandparents this week and they went down to Discovery Park and spent a whole day. When does that happen? Never. Like that never gets to happen, but in summer those special things can happen. Our family will be taking some vacation time. We'll be going heading out in July and taking a trip together, riding in the car for a long time. When does that get to happen? Only in summer. It, the, only, the only time I get to sit on my porch and enjoy the evening is when it's bright enough and warm enough at 7 and 7.30 in the evening after dinner's over and the dishes are done because in fall it's too dark to go out there and I can't do that. But man, I get to sit on my porch and I get to sit in a chair and I get to read a book underneath a ceiling fan if it's a little warm. But I get to soak it up. Are you with me yet? Are you with me? Some of you, you, you watch your kids. My kids have already been to the library three times. It's go to the library. Some of you have pools at home. You've opened up the pools in the last couple of weeks. And man, it's just swim time. It's fun time. Everything's relaxed and fun. Here's my question. Why is it only during summer when it seems like we can relax? Why can't we take the best things of summer with us? What if we could find the best parts of summer and take them with us for the rest of the year? What if we could go hold on to this sort of relaxation and this joy and this celebration, that's this, this feeling we get from summer? What if we could hold on to it? What if we could bottle it up and keep it? Wouldn't it be invaluable around November time, right before the holidays hit and everybody's feeling the crunch and you're just waiting for Christmas break or you're just waiting for a little bit of chance and, and maybe for some of you in sales there is, no, there is no break in the holidays but you're just wishing and hoping and you're thinking, man, I can't wait till next summer. But what if we could take it with us? What if we could bottle up and move it along? That's what I want this series to be about. That's why I want to start today and next week and talk through just two weeks of how can we make our lives better by taking what is great about summer and somehow finding a way to hold on to it. Because here's what I know. We don't have enough joy in our lives and we don't have enough rest. So today, I want to talk about joy. I want to talk about being joyful and celebration. And then next week, I want to talk about rest. How can you take rest with you from summer? How can you keep that sort of peaceful feeling throughout the year? We, I have some things I want to share with you. I have some things I want to just throw your way and see if it helps you. But I want to start with this. The problem, I think, with most of us is with summer is that we are chasing joy and rest. 
We're chasing all these things, but we haven't quite figured out what it is we need to really chase to get it. Because you even admit that some summers are better than others, and some summer vacation trips are better than others, and sometimes that weekend of relaxing on the boat just doesn't feel as good, and you come back Monday and you're still tired and you're just not refreshed. What is it that keeps that freshness going? And I think for some of us in our culture, we, we, we make the wrong conclusion. We see correlation, and we instead stop looking for the causation. We look at correlation and say, oh, when I go to a vacation away from work and I get away from work, then I feel joyful and restful, so I just need to get away more. And if I could just have more vacations throughout the year, that would help me. And some of us don't think just necessarily more in getting away, but maybe just more of being alone. Oh, man, I tell you what makes me more joyful and restful than anything is being away from people. I, if I could just get away from all people, then I could be more restful and joyful throughout the year. So what I need to do is figure out a routine where I'm not around people more often. Well, that's kind of impossible maybe in the way you do it. And those of you who maybe are retired, for some of you, you, you thought the routine of your retirement was going to add to your joy overall and your rest overall, but you find that you're still kind of running and feel like you're kind of drained and you feel like, man, retirement was supposed to be this time where I got to really rest and enjoy and it just hasn't seemed to give me that. So here's what I want to say. I think that we often correlate joy and rest with summer rather than looking for the real cause of what brings us joy and rest in our lives. So that's where I want to start today. I want to kind of nail down on joy today and how we can figure out what the true centerpiece of that is, how we can take it with us. And I think if we make our summer better, I think we can make our whole year better. So let's jump into a verse that Jesus taught uh, just all about this idea. He says this in, in verse 11 of John 15. He said, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. Let me talk for that a second, because that's, that's kind of weird when Jesus talks about my joy. What is he talking about when he says, my joy? Well, actually, another writer of the, of, of about Jesus in Hebrews, he wrote this about Jesus' joy in Hebrews. He said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And this is very interesting. Joy want, Jesus says, he said, I want my joy, I've done this so that my joy may be in you. And he says, my joy... The joy I had was a joy that got me through the cross. Now, now, just stop for a second. I want you to think about that. The joy that Jesus had helped him endure the cross. That's a powerful joy. I could use me some of that right now, right? Work is difficult. Family is difficult. Relationships are difficult. Financial stress is difficult. Man, I need some joy that's going to endure through whatever this hard time is because Jesus' joy was so good. It was so powerful that he was able to look at that joy and go, I can endure the cross for that. Whoa. Like that's totally different than the way we think about joy, isn't it? See, I think we often look at joy and we're thinking joy is a result. Joy is something I wait to get. But Jesus seems to say, no, no, no. Joy is something, even though you're looking at it, you have it now. But even though it's something that you may have to pursue through some hard things to get to, you actually have access to it now. See, I, I think this is true that joy, we often view joy as a result rather than a starting point. See, I think when you're really honest and you think about your best summers ever, you went into summer already joyful and relaxed. 
And thus, you enjoyed the moment you had on the porch. And thus, you enjoyed the moment you had in the boat. And you enjoyed the family coming over to your house, even though it wasn't perfect and things went wrong and somebody spilled milk on your best couch and, and things went terribly wrong. But you already had this kind of shore of joy to go to. And instead of that, just knocking you off course for the entire summer, you had this internal joy that was a starting point for you already. And instead, what you hid in your mind is you thought, oh man, having family over is such a good joy. Going out on the boat is such a good joy. I can get joy if I go and do those things. But if you're a real scientist, you know that those things don't cause the joy. That you're often bringing a joy to that. Joy is a starting point. It is something that Jesus saw as a source to use to move through the very difficult things. And it wasn't something he was waiting to happen to them. It was something he had with him. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I I, I tell you this so that my joy may be in you. Jesus wants for his joy to be in us. Now that is a huge plus. Now, if we can figure out how to get the starting point joy, if we can figure out how to get this kind of joy that gives us a certain perspective on our summer, if we can figure out how to get this joy that gives us perspective then we don't just need summer, right? We just need joy. And that joy can sustain us throughout all the things that are coming this year. So that would be really cool. That would be really great. So let's look at the second half of this verse. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Like, he's looking at us saying, well, your joy, it's close, right? But it's not complete. Like, you've got some joy, I get it. You enjoy these things. I created all this stuff for you to look at and enjoy. I created the weather to change in Kentucky. I know it's called winter and humid, right? But that's what you get, okay? But I've created that for your enjoyment. I I created that for you to enjoy, but it's not complete. And what's missing? What's missing from our joy? And I alluded to it earlier, but let me just walk you through this. I think what's missing from our joy the most is that we believe that if we just have more of something that makes us feel good, we'll be better off. So if a little bit of vacation makes me feel good, I need a whole lot of vacation. And, and not so much, I don't even need just vacation, I need retirement because retirement will make me happy, the most happy because that means I'll be completely free from all responsibilities from work. So that was really where my joy comes from. If I can just, if I can have enough vacations throughout the year, if more vacations this year, I'm, I'm planning to take more vacations. That's what's going to do it. More vacations will make it better. Or what some of you are saying is, man, I can't even afford to take more vacations. I just need a little more financial freedom. So if I had a little more financial freedom, maybe I wouldn't go on vacations, but I would be free to maybe feel like I wouldn't have to be tied down to to my work or my job. Or maybe if I had a little financial freedom, I wouldn't feel like I just had to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Maybe if I had a little more financial freedom, I'd be able to buy a little more joy for my life. Maybe a few extra things, maybe a little couch over here, and maybe a little end table here, and maybe a new set of golf clubs to enjoy the summer with. I, I don't know, but maybe that... Maybe that little bit more. Maybe for some of you, it's just, I need a few more friends. Oh man, if we could just get together and party more, if we could just get together and and be in the same room together, and I just, more friends would make my life more joyful. When I'm around people, I feel so much better. Man, I just got to get more and more. Some of you are the exact opposite. I got to get away from people. I need more time alone. I need more time away. Here's what we learn about more. You know what we learn about more? There's actually a term for it in psychology. It's called the, the diminishing returns on happiness. See, the more we tend to enjoy an activity, guess what happens to our brains? It becomes routine. 
So those of you who, you've been doing summer vacations a lot with your family, right? And you kind of have this special spot you go to, right? But after a few years, what happens with that special spot? <sighs> we need a new spot. Man, we need something new and exciting. We've been to the same spots, the same stuff. It's getting kind of stale. We need to mix it up. We need a new place to go, right? Or same thing with maybe your, your Netflix binges, right? Have you ever been on Netflix and you're flipping through and you feel like you've already watched everything that's of any value? Or you, you, you look through all the sports channels and, man, it's just it, they're redoing replays. Oh, man, I've, I've seen this. This is, all, this, is all, this is all old news. It just feels stale. That's because our brains need new things all the time. And the more, the more we're trying to figure out how to, to find personal gratification the less joy we actually get out of the routine things in our lives. So here's what I want to point out. Joy is not found, though, in personal gratification. That's not where we actually find our greatest joys. We get a sense of happiness for a little bit. But listen, I think you would agree with me on this. You go to the, the, the lake this weekend and you have a great time. How long is that joy going to sustain you through a hard week of work? You're going to be looking about Wednesday for the, the next trip to the lake or the next trip out of town. Because that joy won't sustain you. That kind of joy that brings personal gratification doesn't push you through the hard times. And like we said, Jesus said, I want my joy to be in you. I want something different. I want a powerful joy that's going to push you through the hardest things in your life. It pushed me through the hardest thing in my life. And whether you believe in Jesus or not, I want you to think about this. You know for sure that there are joys in your life that you do because it makes you happy for a time and you know you have to refill on those. But there are other things in your life. Think about it. You have other times in your life where you wish you could figure out what it was because you were with family. And even though the bad things went wrong and there were things that didn't happen great and not everybody got along for the whole weekend, there was a sense of joy that permeated your life throughout all of that. And you couldn't quite figure out what was the cause, what was the piece of this, where did it come from? But there was something, there was a secret, there was something in there that allowed you to get through that weekend and not only get through it, but to, to find a way to appreciate it. Now, Jesus says, my joy should be in you so that your joy may be complete, that you have something whole. You have something completely yours to hold on to when things get tough. Go back to verse 11. I have told you this. What was the told you this? See, I didn't, I didn't give you the verse before this on purpose. Because I wanted you to get an idea about what this joy is he's trying to pass on to us. It's something that's powerful. It's a starting point. It's a place to begin your summer. It's a thing that you can take with you outside of summer. It's something you can hold on to and keep with you. What is that? He said, I've told you this that my joy may. What is this I've told you so? Here's verse 10. If you keep my commands... You will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. This is the secret to joy. This is unbelievable, isn't it? Think about this. Jesus says, my joy can be in you and your joy can be complete when you remain in me. Because I remained in my Father. See, He says joy is about a connection with His Heavenly Father. He says the starting point of joy is about being remaining in this relationship and this connection. Now, this is unique because all of us are like, yeah, but how do I relate with a person I can't see? How is it that I, that I continue to remain in the love? And, he, and everybody focuses on this commands part like it's something really, really crazy, right? Listen, 
don't focus too much on the commands right now. Think about this. You know this. The most joyful times in your life have not been when you got exactly what you wanted. They haven't been. Think about it. Your birthday is fun. But you know what's really fun? Surprising somebody you really love with a birthday gift. Which one brings you more joy? Getting something you were hoping for or giving something to somebody you really love? Giving. And you know this to be true. Because it creates a connection when you give something of yourself. You create a connection with this other person that gives you a joy. And isn't it true? Listen, if you're looking forward to something you're going to do for somebody this weekend, doesn't your week fly by faster than it does if you're just waiting to go on a trip that's going to make you happy? See, that's the difference that you haven't made the connection between. See, you've always correlated going out of town with joy. But sometimes your mindset is on, you just need something. I need something. I'm going to get it on this vacation versus, oh man, I can't wait to go on this vacation and spend some time with blank. That's been the difference. And you haven't noticed this. And Jesus tries to point this out. He's like, listen, it's about the connection you make. It's about your relationships and the relationship with your heavenly Father that gives you the joy that is able to sustain you when things don't work out, even for your personal benefit. This is really tough to handle, right? But think about this. Think about your joy at work. What happens to your joy at work? Are you more joyful at work when you're doing what is best for you or when you're serving the needs of the other people at your work around you making sure everybody succeeds well? Are you more joyful at home when you focus on how well your spouse can serve you or on how well you can serve them and make their life easier? Which one brings you more joy for real? Because here's what I know about me. That I get in this mindset of it's about me getting what I need to be happy. And I'm actually not even happy once I get what I wanted. I just feel kind of numb. Except when I start to focus on somebody else. So look at verse 12 what he says. Skip to verse 12 please. My command is this. Here's what I want you to do. Remember those commands I want you to keep so you can remain in my love? This is my command. That you should love each other as I have loved you. This is, this is how you do it. This is how you gain joy. This is how you get to the joy you most want. Is that you love others the way Jesus has loved you. And so those of us who are followers of Jesus, this is what it looks like. If you're not a follower of Jesus, listen, this is an optional part of the, the message for you today. Because this may not be something you can quite approach yet. How can I love people the way Jesus loved me? I, I don't even believe Jesus loved me. Okay, that's fine. So far you've been with me, right? I'm going to come back to this point in a second. But listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, he says, the secret to my joy was that I was always loving others the way that my father loved me. And so I experienced a joy that was able to sustain me through anything. It wasn't my financial situation. We all know Jesus didn't have any money. And it wasn't necessarily my power, even though Jesus had all power under his control. He never took that power and used it here on earth for his benefit. He used it for our benefit. And so all these things that Jesus puts out, he's like, look, look, at, look at my joy. Look at where my joy came from. If you can figure out how to do that for other people, then my joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. Now, this is really simple. It's just about celebrating See, celebration we think of as something that we do spontaneously when we feel right. But it's not. Do you know celebration is actually a discipline? Celebration is a way to discipline our attention and our affections. 
This is what I find unique about birthdays, right? We know your birthday is coming. We know when a family member or friend's birthday is coming. We can see a birthday coming. We celebrate on purpose because we see that day coming. It's not like we get to that day and suddenly go, <laughs> we're supposed to celebrate today. No, no, no. We see it coming and we intentionally do what? We pay attention to this other person for just a moment and we celebrate them. But that is the only thing in our culture that I could think of. Other than weddings and anniversaries and sort of these special moments, that we all go and look at somebody else and hope they have a great day. But celebration, we can make a part of our everyday. See, celebration as a discipline just means that we start to celebrate the other people in our lives. And if we want to find true joy this summer and beyond, then we've got to start celebrating the people every single day. What if every day you could focus on celebrating the other people at your work? What if, what if instead of this mundane work routine, instead of you came in to work knowing that you were going to celebrate the people on your team and your boss and all the people who help you do what you need to do at work, you're just going to celebrate and be a part of what they're doing because that's what it looks like to have joy. And Jesus says, listen, my joy sustains you through the difficult times. So listen, here's, here's how this works practically. Some of you, you see your work day and your everyday life at home as mundane. It is a routine. It is something that has to be endured until you can get to a vacation or a day off. You only look at holidays and weekends and days off as your, as your joy. So look, here's all you have to do. You have to figure out how you make sure that you celebrate other people. So here's how Jesus says, this is the how. Verse 13 tells us how you do this. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You want, you want perfect joy? You want complete joy? Learn to lay down your life for other people and celebrate them. You want the joy that's going to sustain you? Lay down your life. So listen, your, your, your boring, mundane routine. You don't do the dishes because the dishes have to be done. That is mundane and boring. You do the dishes so nobody else has to. Now, you can have joy because you have prevented other people from having to do the dishes. You have joy. Not so you get applauded for it. Not because it has to be done. You chose to do it so somebody else didn't have to. You went to work tomorrow. And you know that one closet at work that nobody's organized? Gosh, I, I can see right now, I, listen, this is, part of, this is part of my life. There's a part that's, it, I know it's bothering other people. It doesn't really bother me. Mess doesn't bother me. I'm okay, but there's a mess. And I know I should be a part of doing something about it. And I know I should fix it and get it done. And I just haven't done it yet. But you know what I have to do? You know what would give me great joy is to go in and do it and not have somebody else do it. If I could go and serve the people I work with and go make, make sure that mess is taken care of, I would find more joy. If you could figure out how with your kids... I, I know this is crazy, but listen, if you can figure out how to lay down your life for your kids in a way that doesn't just like let them get away with whatever they want, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you can figure out how to serve them, truly serve them, won't you find your day-to-day -day life being more joyful? Those of you who are tired, listen, you have the opportunity now to visit people and hang out with people and talk to people that are probably lonely because you don't have a job to go to. And yes, while you're busy with everything else, you have a flexible schedule where you could have the joy of giving up part of your life to go visit someone who really needs just 10 or 15 minutes of talk time today. But 
we are so focused on our personal gratification and finding joy that way, we can't even entertain the option of a greater joy, of a complete joy. And so here's what happens. We get to summer. We feel good. We feel like we're getting some rest time, some joy time, some celebration time with family. We feel like we're making it through the tough times. We feel like we're doing really good. And we get to the end of summer and we go, well, time to go back to the grind. Summer's over. I guess I'll just make it through. And I'll be honest with you. If you're a follower of Jesus, that is ridiculous. You, you give a bad name to, to being a follower of Jesus if that's the way you view life. Because if you can't have joy, because Jesus suffered for you and gave you new life, then why are you even following? Because see, he was supposed to make sure that you had something that you couldn't get yourself. You could remain in the Father's love. You could remain in His love. You couldn't do that on your own. Otherwise, you were trying to earn it, earn it, earn it, and try to get to it and get to it. And He knew you couldn't do that, and He solved the biggest problem you have. So what in this world can you not face if you have joy? See, joy is a starting point. It's not an ending point. It's not a result. It's not something you're looking to get because you go. It's something you take with you when you go. So here's my challenge for you. Simply this. Who do you need to celebrate? Because it's fun. Listen, I'm telling you, you will find a lot of interior joy that will start bubbling out of you if you'll just start looking at people as people you should celebrate. People you can give to. People you can lay down your life to. There's nothing greater than this joy. And I skipped a quote earlier. Can you guys go back to John Orberg's quote? True joy, as it turns out, comes only to those who have devoted their lives to something greater than personal happiness. We're all missing it. We're missing a true joy. We're missing something that could sustain us like it sustained Jesus going to the cross. So listen, just one, one simple challenge. Who is it you need to celebrate today? And who is it that you need to celebrate tomorrow? If you could ask your one, one question but not tonight before you go to bed, just ask yourself this question, who am I going to celebrate tomorrow? Who, who am I going to really celebrate? Maybe you can't celebrate everybody at work, but is there somebody you can celebrate? Is there somebody you can lay down your life for tomorrow? Is there some way you can do that? Because this is the key to your best summer ever. So when you go on vacation, don't go trying to get something. Take something with you. Maybe you serve the people who are supposed to serve you. Maybe, maybe on that trip, you know your cousin that you're meeting up with is going to try and take over the whole planning of the whole few days you have together. And you know they're going to be like, they want to do this and you don't want to do that. Listen, what if you just be like, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure they have a great week. I'm gonna, I'm, yeah, that's not going to be fun, but I'm going to go do it with the best attitude and I'm going to make sure they have a joyful week. I'll guarantee you you'll walk away with a sustained joy that's more than you ever bargained for. If there's a way you can do that. Here's what C.S. Lewis says about this joy that we start to chase in this life. And I love this quote because it helps us see a bigger picture. He says this, Joy is not a satisfied desire, but an unsatisfied desire. Here's what I mean by that. See, joy is a starting point. 
It will not end for us in this life. We will not find final joy where everything is put right until the very end of this world. And Jesus talked about it. But he did say we could have complete joy now. And that complete joy is found in laying down our lives. But this joy that we find when we lay down our lives starts to kind of build up in us. And if you start doing this, listen, it will start to build and build and build. And it starts to awaken in you something that's larger than yourself. That you can't quite put your finger on. That you can't quite nail down where it's coming from or what it is. But you start to find joy in doing simple things for other people that in the past you'd have been like, man, this is so goofy. Why in the world would I get up at 5 a.m. on Sundays and go set up a stage and some lights and, and a TV and a bunch of wires and, and some fences that don't really keep kids that well contained, but it's the best we got? I mean, why would I even do that? Oh, man. Why don't you guys try it for a little while? And you'll see there's this unsatisfied desire that begins to, to open up in you. For, for Don and Katrina that got here this morning, early, early to start coffee. Right? Why would anybody get here early just to make coffee? It seems like a mundane task like that has no real meaning. You know, They did it to, to serve all of you and the rest of the people here the rest of the day. They made enough coffee probably to last the whole morning. And they have a certain joy. They do it over and over and over again. And they realize, like, I get to make coffee for like 600, 700 people a day. And they don't have to worry about it. They can just come in and grab coffee. There's a certain joy that starts to develop. That's, that's, it's uncompleted in terms of like, it starts to say, I want more, I want more, but more for other people. And here's what C.S. Lewis ends with. He says, it becomes a deep longing for God. A hungry pursuit of God's heart that never ends and is more satisfying than any earthly happiness. Here's what I want to tell you about joy. The starting point for your joy is actually this thing that drives you toward God. Remember Jesus said it was about keeping his commands so you could remain in his love. And once you start to lay down your life for other people and you start to celebrate other people and you start to experience this internal joy, you know what it does? It drives you more and more and more toward the God who gave you the joy in the first place. And it starts to satisfy something in you that cannot be satisfied by personal happiness. And it creates this longing to be completed by only God. And that is what joy looks like in the life of someone who's trying to figure out at how to follow Jesus. And listen, if you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, listen, this is why we do what we do every week. This is why it's, it seems like there are some people here that are just too happy with themselves. Listen, it's not, they're not faking it. They are authentically drawn toward God because of what Jesus did for them. And because they're trying to figure out how to lay down their life. And no, we don't do it perfectly here. And no, we don't always get this right in my life. I don't get this right at home with my kids or my wife all the time. But listen, when we do this well, when we're pursuing a joyful life of giving away ourselves and celebrating other people, we get this longing and we want more. And that's what God wants for us all. To draw us into his ever-remaining love when we celebrate other people. So I want you to go I want you to be joyful about your vacation. I want you to be joyful about going out on the boat this afternoon. I want you to be joyful about going to the golf course. Enjoy sitting on your porch. Enjoy being alone for those people who need it a few minutes alone. But listen, come back. Not with, oh, we got to go back to work. But instead, come back with a real joy that says, I get to do things for other people. And that's going to draw me in to the love that God has for me. And I want that more than anything. So chase down your joy, people. 
do it well today and change everybody's life in your path. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this message for us today, for me today, that despite the trouble or difficulty we see in our lives, the financial trouble, the struggles with relationships, the struggle at work, the struggle just with the mundane routine of maybe being just at home all the time or with kids all the time or with grandkids or whatever it is that, God, we just feel like we need a break from. God, we may need a break, but we also may just need a change in how we view our joy. So help us to find a complete joy by giving ourselves away. In your son's name I pray it. Amen.